This is the Chi Chat Podcast with, with Chiquita Searle. It is great to be with you today. I am Chiquita Searle and this is Chi Chat. So I always give you a little bit of an update of the week. And this week, I am not sure if you've been following the free Britney movement, but I have been an avid Britney fan since I was a teenager and Baby One More Time came out. That film clip really did me in. Anyway, New York Times released a Framing Britney Spears documentary this week, which takes us back to the start of her conservatorship, the meltdown that she had very, very publicly, and what has been happening since behind closed doors. So that was very, very interesting, as a Britney fan would recommend if you have been following, and also if you haven't. Now, for our special guest, I always do a little bit of an intro before I put the mic on, but I'm so delighted that we have Emil Mendoza with us today. So Emil is a former flight attendant who created a coconut oil-based moisturizer after her skin was drying out from the cabin air, and she is now, wait for it, making over 140000 per month selling it globally, which is just phenomenal. I mean, I have a product-based e-commerce business, and I would literally wet my pants if I even <laughs> got above the 100 k So I cannot wait to hear from Emil and to tell us how she did it. Welcome, Emil, and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is my absolute pleasure. So I always like to start going chronological order with my guests. So of course, we have to start with your formative years, your childhood. <laughs> so tell me, what were you like as a child? I had a really happy childhood. Um, it was great. This was before we had, um, you know, social media, phones. So I was playing outside a lot. Oh, back in the good old days yeah. when we actually were out in the sunshine. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, I don't want to actually disclose your age. That's a very rude. <laughs> we <laughs> a lady <laughs> never reveals her age. A lady age. never reveals her age. Um, so, but I do remember, but you were commenting before that you remember the days of the dial-up internet. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you, my mum would always be like, get off the internet. I need to call your auntie. <laughs> I know. Because mum and dad would buy us a set number of hours every month. And that was meant to last the whole month. And we'd yeah. literally get on the chat rooms and be gone in the first three days yeah <laughs> and I can remember that we'd get home we'd race home from school and we'd put the um uh, the internet cord in or the internet line and obviously that means you had to take out the phone line yeah. and mum and dad were always trying to call us and then come home in a rage and what the hell you've been on the the internet this whole time we've been trying to call you to make sure you were safe and, yeah <laughs> oh god my mum's listening shout out Sherry you remember those days anyway the show is not about me Emil I am <laughs> off track as always so you were a little girl you had a very happy childhood um, you did actually, because we had a chat uh, last week and you did mention that you did actually have eczema as a child, which was quite yes. debilitating and you were bullied and teased um, at school for that. Yes. So I actually had a dairy allergy um, and back in the day, it was really hard to find vegan food. I know that sounds weird now because now you go to a cafe, there's always almond milk or soy milk, but back in the day, it was only just cow's milk and that was it um so i had a lot of allergies i was actually allergic to um uh, dust mites oh god yes yeah, so aren't dust mites everywhere yes they're everywhere so at school i couldn't sit on the floor because it was carpet and so i'd have to sit on a chair that didn't have um you know like uh the padding on it like a, a chair that had none of that and so i'd always sit on the chair and everyone would be sitting on the floor and so i stuck out mm. and so and then it didn't help that my eczema was just so bad um, now as an adult, it's kind of calmed down and I've learned how to manage it. Well, I'm looking at you now and you have lovely skin. Oh, I can't you. see a hint of, is it because you've got it's a special the, product? <laughs> it's the coconut oil. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, 
I just remember the kids always calling me a leper and all oh that. God. Stuff. Yeah. Because all you want to do when you're young is fit in. Literally, the worst thing you can I do know. as a child is stand out on any level because it just makes you a target. You just want to blend in with everyone else. Well, how did you deal with the bullying, teasing at school and being called a leper? I just remember crying a lot to my mum. And um, my mum would just always say, just ignore them. Don't worry about them. Um, they just don't understand. But I think now there's a better understanding of skin conditions and allergies and whatnot. I think back then it wasn't very, um, I don't know. I just felt like now every second child has an allergy. Do you think that's because children are now mollycoddled? Because I remember when we were younger, we were literally out in the backyard. We had multiple pets. We were just rolling around, Honestly, probably eating a lot of dirt. Yeah, and look. now I just think kids are inside. Well, I'm not a parent, so I'm not passing judgment. Please know this, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, watching from afar. Yes. No. Everyone's so concerned about, you know, what their kids are eating and it's all got to be organic. And, and I just think, oh, God. I mean, I'm the believer that it, it's a genetic thing too, but also it can be exaggerated by your environment for sure so I think all of the things that you mentioned above do contribute towards that so what kind of student were you were you a smarty pants or okay I'll break it down so (laughs) the first half so in primary school I was the perfect student I was an angel I never had detention I never got in trouble I never got anything wrong and if I did get one thing wrong on a test I would cry but now uh, when I got into high school I was just more interested in boys (gasps) a meal did you were you an early bloomer did you have a boyfriend Uh, yeah young love yes I had I was a very early I would you tell? I I sense a story. Honestly, I just went from like real nerdy. So in primary school, like even in primary school, girls were already experimenting with boys and kissing. I hadn't, I didn't even have my first kiss till like grade nine or grade 10. Oh my gosh. I was such a late bloomer. I was 15 years old. Sorry, mom. And I just, again, I was at a party I shouldn't have been at and I had a shot of vodka and it tasted like metho. (laughs) That was my introduction. And then obviously I kissed a boy. Yeah, I think I was I'm around that age too. And everyone had done it like three or four years before me. Oh my God. And I, oh gosh, I, I feel like you were far ahead of my time. You were far ahead of me, Emil. So did, when did, did you have a boyfriend then through high school or? I did. Yes. Yes, I did. Was it a serious boyfriend? Your first love? Yep. All of that. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> and so. I won't delve too much into it, even though it is on topic coming into Valentine's Day. (laughs) I'll I'll assume you're still not with this young man. No, I'm not with that young man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll circle back to that, Emil. So you did go to uni, though. I did, yeah. So I finished high school. I still got a decent grade. Um, And then, yeah, I did um, a Bachelor of Business at university. Okay, and then um, a Bachelor of Business at uni, but you specialised in entrepreneurship? It was called, yeah, it was majoring in entrepreneurship. So why do you think you chose that topic in particular? You're going to laugh at this story. (laughs) So we had our preferences list for school and there was like your top 10 courses that you wanted to do. And all my top ones, top, top were like accounting, economics, and then at the bottom was entrepreneurship because I was like, oh, that's cool. I always wanted to have my own business, but I didn't really knew what it meant. I think I was just a bit naive. And so that was my last preference. And because of my score, that was the only one I could get into. That's how I got into it. And did you did it tickle your fancy for entrepreneurship? Did it confirm to you that yes, I definitely want to have my own business, or did you think, oh god, nah, it not was, for me? Yeah, it was almost to the point where I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't for me because I wasn't doing so well in my subjects. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not cut out to be a business owner. 
So, yeah, it was much later, a little bit later than that when I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. This is Chi Chat with, with Chiquita Searle. So we are here in studio with Emil Mendoza, who at 23 years of age launched a coconut oil-based moisturizer, which she is now selling globally, but still shipping from locally from her base here in Melbourne. So Emil, thank you again for being here in studio with us. We were just touching on the fact you did entrepreneurship at uni, um, but let's talk about the business itself. You started Borrowcase Skin in 2015. What was the catalyst for you to finally decide now is the time to do it? Yeah, so I was still a flight attendant when I started it. And um, it, yeah, I, I think it was just because I had that issue of my skin drying out all the time on the plane. And so I just needed to come up with something that would give it the relief that I needed, but I didn't want to use things that had like weed chemicals in it because I was just read I was reading all the labels at the back of the lotions that I'd use and I'd be like what is this <laughs> so I just you know started using coconut oil and then I mixed it with other plant-based oils that I researched that were good for your skin um, and then yeah that's just how the business started really so did you still have eczema at the time or had that cleared up a little bit and it was just dry skin I still have it to this day. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's not noticeable. I mean, your skin does not have a blemish on it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I've learned how to manage it. Yeah. So, um, basically, this body oil just nourished me because I was always dry. Like, I don't So, you just couldn't find anything on the market anywhere and you decided, I'm going to make my own. And so, where did the coconut oil come from? Because this is back in the day before. Was coconut, because I remember there was a bit of a trend around coconut oil because I bought, I remember, six (laughs) one litre bottles off eBay for whatever reason. Literally. Yeah. I had them for three years because yeah. I don't even eat coconut oil. Um, so how did you know that coconut oil was – was this before the trend? So I actually knew about the benefits of coconut back in 2009 when I had a holiday to Boracay. So that's where the name came from. So my parents are – So where's Boracay? That's in the Philippines. Yeah, so in the Philippines. So my parents are Filipino background. And so we went for a holiday there. And that's where I discovered the benefits. And this was – like you said before, it was trending, and I thought it was just something used in cooking. And um, so the locals were selling it, and I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, use it for your skin. And that's when I started looking it up, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And it had all these benefits, and it was just like, wow, this is like a superfood ingredient. Um, and so I just remembered that, and that was the basis of my business and is still today. So what are the benefits of coconut oil? Yeah, so it's anti-inflammatory. It's mm-hmm. got heaps of antioxidants. Um, it's just highly nourishing as well. Um, and it's just it performs better than other oils. I know that other oils, there's other benefits to it, but I just feel, I just love coconut oil. It's just my favorite. So, And so tell us about the process then of making the first cream. So how did you know what else to mix with coconut oil? Because obviously you knew the basis would be coconut oil, but then, yeah. I mean, because did you do science or anything? No, absolutely not. I mean, how did you even know what else to use? Yeah, so I was researching which oils I liked and then I thought, okay, then I contacted a chemist. So I think one of the raw ingredient suppliers that I had, they had like a chemist that would help you once a week. They came in and you could ask questions. So I used that service because it was free. I was like, sweet, I'll use this. And uh, she guided me and then she said, yeah, that's fine if you mix that. Um, Oils have a good shelf life as well. And so that's how it started. And then eventually when I did get a manufacturer, he's like, you've done well for someone that 
didn't have a you know a science or chemical background. Was it hard to find a manufacturer? Is, is he local or is he offshore? No, so we manufacture it here in Melbourne. Mm, yes. Locally made, everyone. Yes. Um, there are some great manufacturers out there. So um, I don't think you have to look very far. You can just do it here. Well, that is um, very interesting. So how did you launch the business and start selling the product? Because you were still uh, uh, working full-time for Virgin at that point. Yes. So I worked for an airline called Virgin Australia, if you don't know. <laughs> and um, and I launched it using Instagram. So Instagram was kind of on the rise at this time and e-commerce was something that people hadn't really chosen as a career path yet. Um, it was still kind of or like... a business. No, it was kind of like a, oh, what is this kind mm. of thing? And that's how I started. And I literally started with one product that I made by hand. And that's how I did it. So it was very budget. <laughs> is that still your best-selling product? No, the best-selling one was the second one we came out with, which is the bronze shimmering body oil. So what's the first one called? So the first one is called the natural sun and body oil. So you can double as a tanning oil if you want, but mm-hmm. I personally use it as a daily moisturizer. Okay. Can yeah. you use it on your face as well? I don't use it on my face, no. Okay. But I've heard our customers say that they like using it on their face. So it's, it's a multi-use product. Okay, excellent. And so did you build, do you use Shopify? Yeah, so to start off with, I didn't actually use Shopify. Oh. I used um, WooCommerce. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Are they still around? Yeah, they are still around. I think they are. But Shopify was kind of... Um, on the rise as well at the time. Now it's everybody knows what Shopify is. Even if you're not in e-commerce, they know what it is. Um, but Shopify, we moved over there because it was just so much easier to uh, do everything on the back end yourself than to keep talking to a developer. So that's why we made the switch. So what was the interest like initially when you first launched it? Oh, you know what? It just took so long for it to get to where it is now. And it was definitely not an overnight success thing. It was... You know, we had a lot of interest at the start and, you know, there was a few orders. And my my very first order, I still remember, it was not a family friend or a friend or anyone I actually knew of. It was a complete stranger. It's momentous, isn't it? When you get the first one who's not a family, not totally. known to you. As soon as you get there, you're like, oh my God, this might actually work. Yeah. <laughs> someone was, outside my network is I, buying my stuff. I was so surprised that it was someone I didn't know at all. It was from a different state and everything. Um, so yeah, at the start, it was, it was it had interest, but it, it was slow because I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. Um, so how long then did it take before you got some traction? So, you know, we were doing different things like sponsoring Miami Swim Week. So tell, take us through that. So what, how did that even come about? Because that's quite a big US-based yeah. event. So US was always something that was on my mind. And it was something that I was like, yeah, I want to crack the US market. It's just a bigger market over there. And so how it began was because I actually had a friend. Uh, she was a publicist in um, LA and she started her own PR agency. She was still kind of working out of her bedroom at the time. She was very small and she's like, you know, I'd love to help your brand get over to the US because her specialty was um, Aussie brands getting into the US market. Oh, is she still around? Yeah, she's still around. <laughs> yeah, she's had some really big brands work with her. Amazing. Yeah. And so I knew her um, from working in retail back in the day. So that's how we kind of started and then that's we got into the US market that way and we started getting traction and then we ended up So she started she was the one who organized for you to go into Miami Swim Week. Yeah, she told me about, I didn't even know it existed. Did, was it an expensive exercise cuz sponsoring those kind of events typically it takes a lot of money. So 
No, it was um, it was uh, a, another brand, and we're still friends with this brand. Uh, it was a swimwear label that was doing their own fashion show, and they just needed product, and so that's how we got in got our name into Miami Swim Week. And me, you know, using any excuse to travel, I was like, I just want to go, so I went. <laughs> Business expands. Yeah, it was a bit, <laughs> and so I went. It was amazing, and um, you know, that was when we launched our bronze shimmering body oil, mm-hmm. and so everyone in the front row of this fashion show uh, got the bronze shimmering body oil and there were so many people there there were so many celebrities oh which celebrities I couldn't remember but it was just like I remember seeing celebrities there because they were performing as well Um, and then we had um, you know magazine editors it just got in front of the right people and I think that's how we got traction and at the time it didn't feel like anything you know because it sometimes it doesn't translate into sales, sales straight yeah. away because sometimes those things it's good for brand awareness totally but um you don't see the uptake in the sales yeah for sure mm-hmm. and it feels frustrating at the time but you know some, sometimes those things that you do that are costly you're like well that was actually worth it and so you also did New York Fashion Week. Yes. Was that also through that publicist? Yes, it was through her as well. And what was the, that experience like? Did you also get to go over for that one? Because that's ju- a biggie. That's a biggie. <laughs> I just went over there anyway. <laughs> you know, I had staff travel, so that helped. Did you demand to be front row? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't go otherwise. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Send a stage, Emil. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, so I just want to talk about, um, you had it as a side hustle for a number of years before you decided, I'm going to take a leap here. So, tell us about that. How did you transition from the side hustle into the full-time gig? Yeah, so my company was offering 12 months leave without pay. And so, they... I, I took it up. I was like, all right, I'm going to apply. And I got it. And it was kind of like the point in my life where I was like, what am I actually doing with my life? What do I want to keep being a flight attendant? Do I want to pursue my business? And so I was like, well, I want to pursue my business. But in order for me to do that, I just need to take some time off. So I actually bought a one-way ticket and flew to Europe and then just traveled for six months until I ran out of money. And then I came back and I was like, all right, what am I doing now? So that's when I changed my mindset. And I know it sounds cliche, but really it's just your mindset so if you have this limiting belief that your business will be a side business that's what's going to stay but if you go if you say to yourself and put it out there and say I'm going to make this my full-time job and it's going to be successful that's what's going to happen and I think that simple change in mindset for me was the one that it kind of makes you think of other ways to do your business and other avenues and that's when it just started really growing and so, uh, most product-based businesses work with influencers. So, you mentioned before that you launched it via Instagram, and that's Instagram is obviously where um, that is the home of a lot of influencers. So, a lot I know a lot of businesses have mixed experiences with with working with influencers. I know quite a few um, uh, businesses who have sent influencers product and never heard from those influencers again. So, how how um, so have you worked with influencers? Number one, and what have your been your experiences with them? Yes, we have worked with influencers and yes, we've had mixed experiences with influencers. 
I think influencer marketing is something that can be hit and miss. Uh, we found that Facebook ads worked really well for us. Okay. Um, but influencer marketing really works to position your brand in a certain way. So I wouldn't, some influencers work well where they get you heaps of sales and it just depends on your product as well. So if you have a business that has like a, a whole range of, you know, products on there, it's a bit easier to make on the sale. When it's specialized like our one, it's sometimes a little bit harder. And so, we found it was quite mixed. So we've worked with a couple of, like, you know, a couple of influencers that have done super well and there's some influencers that didn't do so well. So the influencers, did you target ones in the US initially because that's where all your brand awareness and sponsorship and events were initially? Yeah, so my publicist was actually sending it out to like all the makeup artists for the celebrities and we did have, you know, celebrity makeup artists getting back to us saying they loved the product, which was such a nice feeling, even if they didn't post it on Instagram. <laughs> but if, for them to just say that, oh, I used it on XYZ photo shoot, that, that was just nice to hear. And so you're actually stocked in Urban Outfitters in the US, which is a huge deal. So for the uninitiated, can you tell us what Urban Outfitters is? What What's the Australian equivalent for the Urban Outfitters here? Do we have one? I don't even... Uh, maybe, like a Meyer or DJs or... No, I think it'd be like the Iconic. The Iconic. I think so, yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's a huge deal. That's actually one of my goals to get my eyewear in the Iconic. So I, if any from anyone from the Iconic is listening... <laughs> buyers, <laughs> reach out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Um, so, yeah. So tell us about how that happened because Urban Outfitters, massive deal. Yeah. So they actually reached out to me. Oh! Finally. Yeah, I know. Oh, Emil, um, tell me your secrets. Have you heard of The Secret? <laughs> yes, I actually have watched it when it was trending uh, about 10 years ago. Well, I I was doing that. But unknowingly, I didn't know what The Secret actually meant. I was just doing it before that. So tell us your tricks. What did you do? Honestly, I was just whatever I wanted. So any goals that I had, I would just say it out loud and I would say it to people until people thought I was crazy. So uh, is this an example of one of those goals that you had? Yeah. So little story. I was in Vegas and then we were at Urban Outfitters with a friend and I said to her, see that shelf over there that had all these beauty products on there? And I said, my product's going to be on there one day. And she's like, yeah, I believe that. And <laughs> lo and behold, like six months later, the buyer of Urban Outfit, the beauty buyer of Urban Outfit of the time, emailed me. And so did she tell you how she found you or what? You know what? I asked her and I never got the answer. <laughs> so she just never disclosed? No, she never disclosed because that would have been such, you know, valuable information for us. Yeah, it would have been handy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. So then was that your first kind of big account? Had you already been wholesaling to other smaller no, accounts? No, that was... Our first wholesale. That was your first wholesale was Urban Outfitters. Yeah, from memory, I think it was. And they didn't even mind that you literally didn't even have a stockers page or any other stockers? No, they had all... And so I was so inexperienced. They were saying like, oh, what is your barcode and this and what's your skew? I was like, what is this? What's a skew? I had no idea what that meant. Google skew. Seriously. S-K-U. This is the Chat Podcast. So we are here in studio with Emile Mendoza. She is the young Australian entrepreneur who launched a coconut oil based moisturizer which is now stocked in urban outfitters in the u.s and selling more than 3,000 units every month so emil thank you again so much for being in here and disclosing all your secrets literally <laughs> so you um did we touch on did you tell us exactly oh, you were manifesting we were touching on the fact that you were manifesting before and you got your product into urban outfitters just out of the blue six months in and that was literally your first wholesale account yeah, that's that's literally my secret. I'm just giving it away now. That's <laughs> just put it out there and really and you know what? The it's kind of like the fake it till you make it 
mentality too. And I feel like when you keep doing that, it eventually does end up happening. And so now that you're fairly established, you feel like you're a fairly established uh, brand in the US? Yes. Do you still work with that publicist? Um, No, we have a new one now. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. so, have you? Are you targeting Australian New Zealand yet, or are there other markets that you're more focused on? Are we just too small a meal? Are we too small fry? <laughs> yeah, it's just we just don't have the population compared to the US. They have ten x compared to us, but yeah. So Australia is a market that we are focusing on. We still, we're not neglecting the US. We love the US, but you know, we just want to take it home a bit. Yeah, because you actually still ship the product from your mum's house. Yes, is I that do. right? Yeah. <laughs> so how does that work? Is the product all in the spare room in the garage, or where is it? Oh, have more you had than to build that. A, a shed out the back, or oh, luckily my parents have a huge house. I don't, I don't know if she's listening, but they have a huge house, and I've literally taken over the whole house. So where's all the product? Is it literally just everywhere, floor to ceiling? My mum's organised it very well. We've got racks. Um, oh, we're hoping to idea. we're hoping to get into our house at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's all being shipped out of my parents' house. So your mum's involved in the business? Yeah, she is. What does, what's your mum's role? Hello, Mrs. Mendoza. Yeah, if you are listening, <laughs> uh, she actually packs all the orders. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, does she enjoy that? I hope so. She <laughs> says she does. She's like, is I her l- performance review coming up? <laughs> Oh, she's she's great. She's the one that organized the whole business, um, operation and wise, mm. and made everything easier. So now when we when I was doing orders, it was very um, you know manual. So yes. she got all these things on board where everything was very automated, and and now it's just so seamless and it's amazing. Do you still remember uh, buying um, the five hundred gram satchels from Australia Post and yes. posting everything out and writing it by yes, hand and on to- the um, and then walking them down to yep. the store? That's still where I am, Emil. That's <laughs> what I do. I'm buying it all. My friend Cheryl just bought me a label printer for my birthday in January, so I've worked out recently just how to work that, use that. That is how. such a nice present. Isn't it? It was so practical. Mm. I was just like, Cheryl, thank you so much. She said she'd be listening today. Hi, Shazie. <laughs> um, but yeah, she bought me this Dymo label printer and it's so quick now. It's so efficient. I'm just oh, copying yeah. and pasting all over the place. Well, yeah, we, we did, you know what, we had the copy and paste stage as well mm. and that took forever, so now we obviously have the party apps and software that do all of that for us. Emil, can you set, uh, show me your operational setup? Because I, I literally need to see it because I can't. I'll teach you my ways. <laughs> Thank you, Emil. So have you considered, um, th- is it, what do you call it, the 3PL, where you outsource to a warehousing logistics company? Yes, we have company? considered that, yes. So can you t- take our listeners through what exactly that is? So what three, would that look like? 3PL is third-party logistics. So basically, so for example, we have our products here in Melbourne, they get made here, but we have a huge customer customer base in the US. So that would mean that you would get another company that would pretty much hold your product and ship it out for you. So they do all the packaging, they print the labels. So they then have to, they plug into the back end of the Shopify website. Is that essentially what happens? Yeah. But you know, I'll tell you why I didn't do it. Why? I love to keep everything Mm in-house. So I... Do you have trust issues, Emil? (laughs) Because I, you know, I just I want my customers to have a great experience. And you want to control the whole, whole process. Yes, I just feel like if I lose control of that, then you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm selling a bit of my soul a little bit. I know that sounds a bit silly, and I'm I'm sure there's going to be people saying out there, "Why don't you just get someone else to do it?" But, but imagine the time that you'd get back. I know, but uh, it's it's just you know, or your mum. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, she she was actually against it. Oh, really? Yeah, she's like, I would prefer we do it all ourselves. So did you go and see quite a few 3PL setups to see Ups- if any resonated? Um, I spoke to a few, yeah, um, but... It was for them. It's just another business. So they're just a number. But did you feel like you're a number? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there's some out there that would, but I don't know. I just I have other friends that own their own companies and brands, and even to this day, they still do it all in house. They don't do any 3PL, and they're they're big big businesses. How big are we talking? Bigger than you? Oh, much bigger. Like multi million dollar businesses. Oh. Yeah, and they still do it all in house. So I think you know what it just. If anyone's listening and you're thinking about it, it's just whatever fits you. So how big's your team now? So, you, I mean, you talk, if you're selling over 3,500 units a month, I mean, it's surely not you and your mom. No. <laughs> uh, no, so I just hired somebody at uh, the end of last year. Oh, what's uh, their role? Um, so she actually does the social media stuff mainly. Oh, yeah. your social media is great, might I add. Oh, well, that's thanks to her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I do have other family members that come in just in common and help mm-hmm. um, just like my younger cousins um, and then yeah just contracting everything else out like like you have said before I just do that if I, I need extra help but I still wear a lot of the hats so what are the hats you're wearing oh just <laughs> just making decisions really like you know driving the brand forward what kind of products we're going to have um, what's our social media strategy I mean um, I do have someone that's helping me with that but I still have you know the bigger vision and so you need to kind of lead the team into like what your big vision is so do you do a lot of email marketing as well oh yeah 100 percent. so do you use um so did you have to learn that yourself as well uh yeah i did at the start do you still do that or have you outsourced no it? i still do it <laughs> i actually enjoy email marketing because it's very it's creative i um i use clavio if you know i use clavio yeah that's the best one so if anyone out there is considering starting an e-commerce business shopify and clavio are great yes for sure i've tried mailchimp no hate on mailchimp but once i've moved over to it was more expensive actually clavio but once you move over it's just it's literally plug and play and then it just does everything itself and you don't have to think about it i mean even i who is technically challenged i'm just terrible with technology in any way um so yeah so i still do all of it and have you done a valentine's day campaign no we didn't do one this year oh why not you don't think that there could be some people out there wanting to um use your products for a few massages over the weekend <laughs> you know what? come just, on a meal you know what? Just, this is a missed marketing we, opportunity you know what you just gave me an idea oh well thank you <laughs> I did my own little um, uh, campaign and it was, are you practicing safe specs this Valentine's Day? (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Thank you, Emil. I have my moments. Uh, So back to you anyway. I'm segueing off all over the uh, cook shop and it's not about me. So let's talk about COVID then. Did COVID affect your business at all? Yes, it did. It negatively and positively affected my business. Positively, we saw uh, much more revenue coming in, but negatively... It just meant supply chain was all over the place. You know, uh, shipping couriers were taking much longer, um, but that everyone was in the same boat, so there was nothing you could do about it. But then also it meant that, you know, just even raw materials were hard to come by, and so that would affect pricing, and I don't want to go into it, but it just, yeah, it, it meant that you had to restructure how you did your business, really, and I think everyone had to do with that. 
So those were the negative aspects. Mm. Uh, so it was basically the shipping and the suppliers, mm. um, but the sales didn't drop. Sales were still oh, consistent. No. Sales. Why do you think that is? Because people were at home looking at their skin. <laughs> they had well, yeah, time the, on their hands. So uh, the US was going into their summer. So oh. yeah, they were. I think they were still like, well, I want to look good. In my backyard. Yeah. And so they're like, I want hydrated skin. And so we've got to look good on the gram. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very Instagrammable product. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, what has been your biggest business challenge to date? Oh, that's hard. I think, um, you know what, just cash flow. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest, especially if you're a bootstrap business. And you've been bootstrapped all along? Uh, oh, since day one. I, I didn't even have any savings. I, How I, did you do it then? Because you know, Yeah, so I, I read people's business stories and they're like, yeah, I had like ten or 20000 I'm like, I didn't even have that. Um, so, you know what, I, I lived with my parents at the time and I just, and I was in my early 20s when I started so I was just saving all my money and not going out because mm-hmm. everyone at my age was going out all the time and spending money on clothes and I just didn't do any I, I fair enough I traveled but um, I had staff travel I was quite frugal as well I just saved all my money and so just cash flow I think most businesses struggle with cash flow yeah I mean can you read a profit and loss What's, can I read it? <laughs> you know, I I did. That was probably one of the first things I outsourced straight away. Was yeah. like the number stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's just not my thing. I I think other people would love seeing numbers. For me, I just hated looking at it. My accountant, shout out to Kylie Tempest, accountants. She's excellent, but she's put me on a budget so many times. And honestly, I think I must be her most frustrating client because I just. Blow it, yeah, yeah. I, no, I think that's with anything. Like I have my my own budgets in my head, and I'm like, well, not nah, pass that. Well, that's the thing. You spend so much money on trying new things, new yeah. ideas, marketing, and not all of it's going to work. And so, you know, ninety nine percent of it probably won't work, and then the one percent you hope does. But mm. you've got to keep trying it until you find that one percent. Yeah, obviously, I'm still on the hunt for the one. <laughs> um, so, personally, have you had any real personal challenges you've over had to overcome? Yeah, so I mean, the real reason I, I had a for my business, the reason I started it was, you know, I had the dry skin. I, I was trying to solve a problem, but actually, a few years ago, my brother passed away suddenly, and so that was a massive challenge for me. And that was probably the real reason why I started my business because it just made me think, oh my gosh, life is so short, and it can be taken away from you literally like the next day. And so I was like, what am I doing with my life? And that's how I, I, that's actually how I got into my business. So you were really quite close in age with your brother, weren't you? You were, he was only 20 and you were 23. Uh, Yeah. So he was only shy of turning 21 when he passed away. And um, your mum had a bit of a health scare as well a couple of years ago. Yeah, so she had um, she got diagnosed with breast cancer because it was a, a routine checkup, and that was her first one. And they they detected um, quite early, so that was lucky. Um, but I don't, can't even imagine if she didn't go to that checkup because you know people just sometimes just ignore it. Um, so it's very important to just go to your was checkup. it a mammogram. Yeah. Yeah. And they just spotted it. And so yeah. she's healthy and well now. Yeah, she's healthy and well now. She's um, loving life. So, yeah, it was just lucky that they detected it early. Um, so have there ever been any moments during the business that you thought, oh, I'm done. I want to throw in the towel or are you still very much in love with it? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Every second day. Yeah. So the, any, you know what? So 
anyone that's thinking of starting a business or if you feel like you're alone in the business world, don't. I think having a running a business or starting one, it's just you have to be a good problem solver. Mm. Um, so if you're not good at solving problems, I don't think entrepreneurship would be for you. I'm but excellent at creating them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am too. But um, honestly, it's just problem solving and you just never know what problem will come up next. So, I mean, I love what I do and I love my business and I just can't imagine doing anything else. So, I'm just going to keep trying this and until I can't. One of the things that I've found being a business owner is it can be quite isolating, especially if you don't have a lot of friends in business. So, did you have a lot of friends in business or were you no. when you uh, went out on your own, it was literally, you had no one to turn to, you were just, I mean, did you f- experience that loneliness and 100%, that yeah. isolation? Did you cry a lot? Because I used to cry a lot. <laughs> I still cry a lot. What are you talking? <laughs> I used to cry. My dad would call me and I'd be crying. He'd it's, be like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't wrong? know. No, yeah, I know. I still get like that. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know anyone in the business world when I first started. And all I did was um, network. I know that word sometimes sounds a bit like, oh, but that's what I had literally did. And I would seek out people that were doing a similar thing. And I think at the time, not many people were doing e-commerce. Mm. And so I was just um, reaching out to people that, I looked up to and hoping that I could connect with them Um, and that's I still do that to this day I think that's a really really good tip because I connected with the League of Extraordinary Women and for me that was just back in the day that was really oh did you yeah Yeah, I worked with them for a long time and um, that was game changing for me because I all my friends at the time not everyone had a business and so I was by myself and yeah no it was just it was amazing actually an amazing experience so what are the future plans for the business so we're coming out with a new product this year I think it's going to be a game changer. Um, Do you need any uh, official skin testers or... Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some. Sam- up. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some reviews for sure. I'll send you some samples. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so that and um, just growing. So just as you say, trial and error and seeing what works. Worldwide domination. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Excellent. So we always end. We're coming to the end of our hour. So we always end. I put the our guests on the oh, my guest on the spot, Emil. So I'm going to do the same for you. Five in five. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay, best advice your mum gave you? It's always to, better to be overdressed than underdressed. Bad habit you're trying to break? Um, not being on my phone so much. <laughs> biggest fear? My biggest fear would just to be, I know this sounds bad as an entrepreneur, but to fail miserably. I feel that. Last time you cried? I think last week because um, my dog died a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah, and I still cry about her. Oh, no, I understand completely. A song that describes you? Um, I would say It's My Life by Bon Jovi. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Mine is Simply Irresistible, obviously. Um, so, Emil, thank you so much for your time today. So, how can everyone stay in touch with you or connect with you if they want to find out more about you or Borokai? Yeah, so um, well, you can find us on Instagram, so mm-hmm. Borokai Skin. And um, I'm on Instagram as well, Emil Mendoza, and on LinkedIn. So, anyone that wants to shout out or connect or send, even sending me a DM, um, I'd love to... If you are listening and you want to start a business or um, are in the process of starting one, um, I've yeah, just love to connect. Very good. Thank you so much, Emil. This is the Cheat Chat Podcast.